Today, we're going to talk to you about a little boy named Tommy. And Tommy was extremely aggressive to the point that his parents had to become physically fit to help take care of him. Mm-hmm. He was um, destructive of property. He w- he loved to run around and pick up cups and dump the liquid out because he loved to watch the liquid pour out or trash pick cans. up trash cans <laughs> and do the same thing. So, um, so we're going to talk to you all about how we helped Tommy learn some new things that just helped occupy his mind and his time Mm -hmm. um, in a more productive manner. Welcome to the Works of Wonder Therapy Podcast. (laughs) I'm Dr. Beth Long, and this is the Works of Wonder Therapy Podcast, and I want to make a really fast disclaimer that any child mentioned in this podcast is a combination of thousands of children that we have worked with Mm -hmm. or studied in case studies or read about. So it's not just one specific child. Um, But every week we're going to give you an example of a combination of things just to help you as parents or teachers or anybody who works with children um, understand so that they can use those principles and apply them to their life. Mm -hmm. So thanks for joining us today. And I'm going to go ahead and how important it is to give your children attention because in my counseling sessions with children any any verbal child who has a, a, a concept of relationships complains to me about how much time their parents spend on their phone and I think it's very important that we as parents are aware of that and we're intentional with how we spend time with our children mm-hmm. and I Right, I'm a million years older than all of y'all, and I grew up without the internet, without cell phones. So when my parents were home, they were actually home. Um, I also grew up without television. So um, when my parents were home, they were they were with us, and the only thing distracting them was yard work and laundry, and and I I think that's just a sad, sad, sad state of affairs because those days are long gone, mm-hmm. and yes. now we're we all are responsible to kind of respond to this little device that beckons us all the time Mm -hmm. and it but it's it impedes um productive parenting (laughs) (laughs) it impedes productive parenting um in many 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 ways and and the biggest thing that we see is it's it's your job as parents to teach your children all the skills they need to be successful in life Mm -hmm. and it's take um these distractions are taking away the time yes that, that you need to give to your children to teach all these skills. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. We know that parenting is hard, but um, <laughs> C.S. Lewis um, often gets credit for this quote, but it was actually Dr. John Trainer, and it's, um, children are not a distraction from the important things. Children are the most important things. And mm-hmm. we know that parenting is hard, but it's the most important thing. Right. And parenting, we don't have to tell you parenting is hard um, if you're listening to this. <laughs> I myself have three children and can relate, it's still the most important role, arguably, that you'll have in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And it takes a lot of time and energy and, like you just said, attention to do it well. Depending on where we put our time, energy, and attention, um, that to a larger extent determines what our parenting style is. So the two factors that really determine that are discipline and emotional support. So when I say discipline, think the parent's role of teaching, of setting boundaries and following rules and that sort of thing, teaching life skills. Relationships, on the other hand, that's the emotional support category. That's that bond 
that we create with our children. Mm-hmm. So the four parenting styles that you may have heard of before, authoritarian, uninvolved, permissive, authoritative, two of these we're going to look into more uh, extensively. The first two, authoritarian and uninvolved parenting is authoritarian is high in discipline, low in emotional support. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to jump uh, yeah, in because I, <laughs> I feel like most of my generation, um, children of the seventies and eighties, we were, we were kind of raised by authoritarian parents, authoritarian parents. Mm-hmm. And um, those are the parents who like, seriously, when my parents said jump, we all jumped. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of created my siblings and I all responded to it a little bit differently. I became a people pleaser. My older brother became really manipulative. Mm-hmm. And and he just could get away with what he could get away with when they weren't looking. But mm-hmm. those are just the parents who are like, if you're crying and sad, I'll give you something to cry about. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that would be authoritarian. Mm-hmm. Uninvolved would be low in both. So low discipline, low bonding, and that's its own you know, issue. That's basically neglect. We're not getting into that. And if you're listening to this, you probably don't have that problem because right. you're listening yeah. to this and trying. <laughs> uh, the two we're going to focus on are permissive parenting and authoritative parenting. Permissive parenting is low in discipline and teaching life skills, high in emotional support, mm-hmm. high in bonding. And then, of course, if you balance those two factors, that's where you get authoritative parenting, which is what we recommend. Yeah. Permissive parenting has been proven through research to lead to poor outcomes. It doesn't teach them the life skills that they need. Um, and I, you have a better way of explaining this, where I, we believe that parents who are permissive parenting are typically projecting some kind of insecurity or anxiety right right, that right. Per, right i think permissive parenting is almost a reaction to authoritarian parenting yes mm. yeah and so so it's the it's the parents who are terrified that they are going to cause trauma to their children but mm. to an unhealthy extreme so right. so if it's if their kid is crying because they want a cookie and you've told them no mm-hmm. um they instead of instead of accepting that their child needs to learn to be told no they kind of go well um i don't i don't it's more important to me that I meet their needs. Yeah. And but in the big cookie. picture, yeah. it's just one cookie, mm-hmm. right? In the big picture, it's it's very unhealthy and um it leads to a lot of insecurity with the child too. Yeah, because yeah. Yes. They can tell when you're not in control. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean if they're in control, that's I don't have to tell you how <laughs> bad that is with that situation. Really like. <laughs> <laughs> um an example is my oldest son who is how do we say this? Uh, not the most physically <laughs> human of all time. Y'all know him very well. So upstairs, Sweet like we boy. mentioned uh, in the last episode, we have a really cool area upstairs with a zip line. So I took him up there to uh, do the zip line. I get him up on the platform. He's terrified. Mm. So I, at, at this point, a permissive parenting style would have me, oh, are you scared? Okay, then let's not do this mm-hmm. because right. you don't want. I don't want to traumatize my kid. Right. Well, the way I did it was I validated that feeling. I agreed with them, like, it is high, man. I don't want to fall off this thing either, but I got you. So I held right. on to him, and I was like, we're still going to do it. Of course, I didn't break it down clinically for him. I was like, let's have fun, you know. <laughs> but I held on to him the whole time. We right across the zip line, and that's the noise you have to make when you <laughs> um, And So he gets to the end, and the second time, he was okay with me just putting my hand on his back as he went. And he did great again. By the third time, he was like, Dad, I, I got I this. Got like, you know, I'm too cool for school. <laughs> and that's something that he now enjoys whenever he visits the clinic. And 
he wouldn't have known that he enjoys that had I been permissive and get given into his fear. Yeah. Right. This does not mean that I laughed at his fear and went, no, we're going to go anyways and pushed him. <laughs> There's got to be that balance, right? Mm-hmm. There's got to be the validation of his emotional, or excuse me, the val- validation of his emotions mm-hmm. paired with the, hey, buddy, we got to fly out of the nest a little bit, you know? Yeah. Right. And if you do it gently like that in balance, you typically have really good outcomes. Yeah. Yes. And I feel like encouraging your child along the way and giving them lots of praise, like makes them feel like comfortable mm-hmm. with you and comfortable right. enough to take risk and try mm-hmm. things that are hard or scary. Mm-hmm. So. And the, there was a girl we spoke about in the last episode that you were helping mm-hmm. and eventually what was it? She started not wanting to leave her therapy yeah, room at all. Yeah, not wanting to leave at all. And then she was eventually outside. Yeah, and we would have like swimming days or like pool days for the kids mm-hmm. so they could play in the water. And she was out there having a blast. <laughs> and months ago or like previously, she would not have been engaging out there with mm-hmm. them. And so she was really happy. <laughs> you know, it took a while, but right, she never would have right. known. We wouldn't right. have known that she liked yeah, to do that yeah. had we not had that good balance right, right. right and like a lot of parents would say oh i just have an anxious child mm-hmm. and they would be afraid to kind of push it but mm-hmm. the, you, we have to push them right it's almost mm-hmm. like you're developing more anxiety for the child right by mm-hmm. being a permiss more permissive parent yes yeah. yes i i think that is true that's mm-hmm. a great and that doesn't comment. age well. No. As you get older, it does not age life well. gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes. Um, so, so when we are working with kiddos, we um, and to be in in a more authoritative style. We're we're trying to meet them right where they are and work on um, where they're afraid or where their deficits are. So, um, oftentimes, parents think that. There, the child, even though the child or the child is engaging in some type of unwanted behavior, or they consider it a bad behavior, and often it gets misled, and we we look at it in our field as a skill deficit mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is something that they need to learn. Mm-hmm. Just like you gave the example of your son, and he had no idea that. The zipline was even going to be fun because mm-hmm. he didn't have that skill yet. Mm-hmm. And so once he was able to obtain that and learn that it was fun, then he was able to do it. Yeah. And I feel like that gets misconstrued a lot. Um, I'll give you an example of a client that I've worked with before. Tommy. Tommy, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was... Uh, He's come a long way. <laughs> Tommy has. Uh, but he had difficulty transitioning and even attending to his name when I would call him. And, of course, his transitions back to his favorite thing was playing on a scooter or riding a scooter outside. And so whenever I would even say, all right, it's time to come back in and it's time to start work, he didn't even have the skill to even acknowledge that he had to stop what he was doing in that moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, he couldn't even respond to his yeah, own name. Yeah, he couldn't respond to his name. So um, we had to work. Eventually, we just worked on that. And then parents would look at it like, oh, well, he's just being bad mm-hmm. because he just doesn't want to do the Define work. Yeah, it. I mean, he doesn't. He probably doesn't want to leave the scooter. I wouldn't want to leave the sco- scooter to go right. back inside because it's a pretty day outside. But mm-hmm. he, in order to meet these needs 
for these kids, you have to meet them where they're at and be able to teach them these skills. And then 99% of the time, the bad behavior goes away. Yeah. Right. Because they they are learning the replacement behavior. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and Tommy... um, one of the reasons he dumped out cups and one of the reasons and the trash and all <laughs> he just would chuck cars at the wall oh yeah is because he, no he didn't have any play skills yeah he had yeah. no functional play skills at all the first day i ever even worked with him he we had a huge box of um hot wheels cars and he would just chunk them across the room and i'm like okay well he didn't even have the appropriate skill to even roll the car mm-hmm. so we had to meet him where he was at on that and teach him how to do that and now he can walk up and have a reciprocal conversation with you and mm-hmm. hang out with his friends mm-hmm. and make crafts with them and play legos with them and the funniest thing was when shortly after that when he started to learn how to play with toys he um had little action figures that he would sit around a table (laughs) and then he would set the table with plates and then he would (laughs) let them pick out their foods and then he'd have a little tea party. So had we just let him throw the cars at the wall constantly, he would have never even learned how to functionally play with toys. Right. Or if we had just focused on getting him to stop throwing the cars, we would have missed out. Right. He he truly needed to learn how to play. And I... That is not something until I went into this field that I realized we had to teach children right. how to play. Yes. Yeah. I, I, because, right, a lot, a lot of kids do just pick it up by observing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then other kids have to be specifically taught hand over hand mm-hmm. how to play. Yeah. Like there's a direct link between play and your work, I guess, as you get older, yes, right? Yes, yes. The way you work as an adult is kind of informed by how you explored your environment as a kid and played. Right, right. right. Yeah. And, yeah. Never, never thought about it. That I, way, yeah, I haven't either. Uh, there's Good some time. company. I don't. I don't know the name. I'd like to look it up. But there is a company who. Um, the one of the questions that it's like a furniture company, and one of the questions they ask engineers in the interview is, um, "Did you play with Legos as a kid?" Really? Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. So wow. yeah. So play really is important. Though, yeah, so, yeah, I could see that. They're hiring. Because <laughs> <laughs> I played Legos. You're here. You're stuck. Never <laughs> going anywhere. Interesting. No. Um, so um, when we look at skill deficits, it's super, super, super important to know your child, mm-hmm. which requires a lot of attention to just know your child and sit back and observe your child. Because parents don't always understand that a child can be academically or cognitively at 14, but their social skills may be at an eight-year-old mm-hmm. level. Yeah. And, um, and that's true of most children. We, yeah. we, we don't grow everything at the same time. We, right. we grow Splintered. sporadically. Also, yes. with, um, with that... It can even look like a child may know how to say his ABCs, but he doesn't even know how to read them. Mm-hmm. Or right. he can write what his they ABCs, but he can't say them. So it, right. instead of just knowing, oh, he knows the alphabet. Yeah. We got to know yes. each step. Yes. So we have to so you have to spend time really getting to know your child. And then it's super important to um, look at this thing we call precursor skills mm-hmm. and precursor Precursor skills are what a child needs to do a higher level skill. Mm -hmm. So we'll have parents who come in and they say, well, my child won't do their math. Okay, so we start working with the kid and we realize, well, they don't even know how to sit in a chair. Yeah. Yeah. So, right, we've got a lot of skills to learn before we build up to math skills. Right. Um, Or emotional regulation skills. Parents come in. I think this is probably the biggest thing. People come in, they're like, we just want the tantrums to stop. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, well, 
there's a lot of skills you have to have before you can learn mm-hmm. to emotionally yep. regulate. And one right. of those is communication skills. And then yes. not only do you have to communicate, but you have to be able to communicate when you're distressed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And right, those are really important skills, but they take a while to yeah, learn. They do. So Dr. Sunberg, who helped develop the VB map, I believe, mm-hmm. in a lecture he had just recently said that one of the biggest problems in this field is if we're misassessing what level they're at in a mm-hmm. skill, and then we start teaching at a higher level. So what you just described, right. if there's a tantrum and we're like, okay, we can we can handle the tantrum, that's great. And we probably could put something in place mm-hmm. to stop the tantrums, right. but there's there's some kind of function or need not being met underneath that. Yeah. Yeah. So it requires having the skills where they can actually do it themselves. Mm-hmm. They can self-regulate themselves. Right, right. Which as parents um, requires, uh, parents talk way too much. Mm-hmm. I yes. as a parent talk way too much. Um, but requires a lot of stepping back and observing yes like what what led to this what happened we'll discuss that in a further podcast but the abc's (laughs) yes but but it's just so important to understand what what are all the skills that go into this one goal and Mm -hmm. and we have to teach those skills yeah can i say even just as a pointer that i just thought about it's important to know that when we're talking about skills especially in this case it's and we're saying sit back and observe your child, try to get out of, or let me put it this way, try to get into the real world with what we're talking about. So if you're observing your child, don't try to label their emotions as they go through, you know, right. playing. Right. That's that's fine, and you can do that, you know, at another time mm-hmm. or whatever. But if you're looking at behavioral skills, you have to actually watch what they're doing and how they're acting in the real world. Right, how they're, right. they're even to, doing it. Right, right. With yeah. their environment, socially, that's all real world things that we need to look at. Yeah. Right. That's why I love behavioral science. Yes. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Uh, We like teach a lot of these skills and like meet kids where they are and teach them or help them learn their school deficits through differential reinforcement. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is basically um, taking reinforcement or the reward and giving it to them for wanted behaviors that you're wanting to see and then not giving any reinforcement for the unwanted behaviors. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you'll see a huge increase in those desired behaviors and then a big decrease in the unwanted ones. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we'll use this teaching transitions and waiting, um, playing with peers, sharing toys. Um, We had a client whose parents wanted him to sit at the dinner table uh, for the whole dinner Mm-hmm. And um, we like kind of introduced timers and because we love timers. They're very, very effective. They're our best friend. So use timers. <laughs> um, and they would say, oh, we set the timer for five minutes. And he refused to sit for the five minutes and he would get up and run around. And we learned that he can't even sit for 30 seconds. And so it's um, having to take the time to like observe your kid and pay attention and then meet them where they're at. So. Mm-hmm. Him not being able to sit for 30 seconds, well, we're going to have him sit for 15 seconds and then set the timer for that and then or reinforce even him. Yeah. Or even three. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, yep. <laughs> Sometimes it's us holding him in the chair for three seconds, like, and everybody letting up. them go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just um, paying attention to where they are and then meet them there. Um, and then a lot of repetition of the same thing over and over again before you move on to the next step mm-hmm. um, typically helps a lot. And then before you know it, after... Um, they've gotten their 30 seconds, their 45 seconds, their minute. You're sitting at the dinner table for the whole time and Mm -hmm. enjoying family and being able to eat. Let's give another example of like a child who screams a lot. 
Um, and, and their skill deficit is that they can't communicate. Yeah. So what would you do? Yeah. So in times where kids are (laughs) screaming at me all the time and knowing that it's not, knowing that it's because they can't communicate, we like take the time to try to figure out what it is that they're wanting and then, um, give them the words or the sign or the picture picture Mm -hmm. exchange systems, um, for them to like pull off and give to us showing us what they want and then teaching them that over time decreases the screaming and so now they know oh well I want to go play in the room and so instead of screaming at me to take them play in the room they're going to pull the picture play card and give it to me and then we go to the playroom Mm -hmm. and it's great right and if they tried to run to the playroom what would you do I would stop them bring them back (laughs) (laughs) and then like hand over hand them pulling off the picture and giving it to me and then we'll go to the playroom Mm -hmm. so but you didn't talk to them no (laughs) you didn't give them a lecture I don't say anything I just bring them back right right. because a lot of times yeah no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say a lot of times no talking is better. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't talk at all. Or yeah. just say like one word. Just and Go, go ahead. No, uh, you're good. And if you're that frustrated because you you have to put yourself in their shoes, if they can't talk or if they can't even request things that they want, mm-hmm. that's traumatic in itself and they don't have a voice. And so... Mm-hmm. I, I would be upset and I would be screaming if I didn't have a voice. And I, f- I feel like parents lecture that too. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they they don't even know, okay, well, he can't even communicate and tell me what he wants. Yeah, so what right. makes you think that I can constantly talk mm-hmm. to him about why he's engaging in these behaviors? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Dr. Greg Hanley. Who I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh steal gosh, this example here we from. Go. Put your plug in there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you hear this, uh, we'll but he had later. a really he had a really good example of like if you as an adult, if you had your voice taken away and you were in some kind of let's just say, I think he said if you're like strapped to a bed mm-hmm. and you wake up and you're hungry or thirsty and the water bottle is four inches from you and you can't get to it right? and you have no voice, you're going to do whatever it takes right. as, exactly. a, as a neurotypical 40-year-old. Yeah. You're going to and hit and whatever. Mm-hmm. He was like, so that it really explains why a lot of these behaviors come about when there's a lack of skills because yeah. right. how else are they going to communicate their yeah. needs? Right, yeah, exactly. Right. And I feel like a lot of times when you are engaging in like – pretty severe behaviors that's when you, you get our attention to like yeah. come to you and figure out what's wrong um right. and so you've learned over time like well this is what i need to do to get you to come over here and right. like, figure out what i need rather than just pull this card <laughs> right 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 just, just tell me card. what you want and, yeah. it, and for all of us when we're learning learning is hard and frustrating mm-hmm. i hate i hate I hate electronics. Um, the, we they, they, yeah. they hate you. Back. <laughs> they, no they hate you. And uh, coffee if, mugs. If I, and coffee mugs. Yeah. If I'm gonna spill something, it's gonna be coffee. And mm-hmm. if I'm gonna have an explosion, it's over an electron. <laughs> Sorry, but Matt. but it's because of, I don't know how to use them effectively yeah. or right. efficiently. And it's so much easier to yell and scream and say, "Come <laughs> fix this," than do the work to fix it myself. Mm-hmm. And so we have to help kids learn. This is how you learn to do the work to fix it yourself. Oh, I probably need a program. Yeah, I probably do. We've been working on one secretly. <laughs> um, I read this story a long time ago, and all the facts may not be straight, but just go with me with the example um, of a mother eagle teaching her babies mm. eaglets mm-hmm. yeah, how to eaglet. fly. And so a mother eaglet will push the baby out of the nest, 
right when they're ready, mm-hmm. when they're at that stage of development. We'll push them out of the nest <laughs> and then swoop below them and catch them mm-hmm. and take them back and do it again and do it again and do it again until they they learn how to do it. And that is just great authoritative parenting. Mm-hmm. She's pushing them outside of their comfort zone, but she's keeping them um, not like leaving them. safe no. and secure. Yeah. Right? She's right there with them. She's supporting them. Mm-hmm. She's not letting them plummet to their death. Right. There's yeah. a balance between <laughs> the teaching and the bond, right? right. right. The protective yeah. bond. Yeah, and um, and that's what we encourage parents to do. And but so many parents, as soon as the the kids start screaming or the little baby eaglet is like, ah, mm-hmm. um, they kind of go, oh, well, never mind, we won't do it. Yeah. But but we got to push past that, mm-hmm. and we got to help kids be un. Comfortable yeah, with being, being uncomfortable. Yeah. And your kids will thank you for it later. Mm-hmm. They will. They will. They will. When they're flying around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> um, so so we, um, we just want to encourage you as parents and teachers and anybody who works with kids to um, take a moment to really assess the child, know where they are, meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. Don't expect them to be somewhere different. Um a, a, a simple example is um, parents will come in with a teenager who interrupts constantly, and I say, well, have you taught them how to appropriately interrupt? And most parents are like, no. Mm-hmm. And so, right, you, you have to teach them to touch you and wait until they're addressed mm-hmm. and, and then give them permission to speak and all of that. Mm-hmm. But, but, right, every everything is a skill yes. that has to be learned. And so many people just look at the bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And so um, we want you to really know your children, meet them where they are, what are what are your goals? What's the problem? And then what's your goal so mm-hmm. that you can replace that behavior? And then how can you encourage and teach that behavior? Mm-hmm. And um, and please, please, please pay attention to your kids, but be yeah. extremely intentional with that intention and use it to teach the skills they need to learn to be mm-hmm. successful adults. Mm-hmm. And always be kind and honest because it works wonders. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share it with your friends, um, any teachers you know, grandparents, anybody who you think the information may benefit. Also, please feel free to comment or leave questions below. If you liked it, please click like, subscribe, or the bell. And we want to thank Vaughn Forest Church for hosting and recording and doing this podcast. And I'm just happy to say they're my home church. And we hope everyone has a great day. Be kind and honest.